Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Welcome to the Super Bowl show, everybody. Seth and Sean, Sports Radio, here on Blog Talk Sports. Well, no, it's really Blog Talk Radio. I keep messing that up. Every stupid week I mess that up. Anyway, we got the Super Bowl show today, the Blake Griffin Motor City show, and even more so, the retirement, well, and Jake, of course. But more importantly... If you don't want to listen to the to the uh, State of the Union address, stay with us because we're far more intelligent, we're far more important, and we're far, we're far more entertaining, more and we're far more interesting. Is that right, Jake? And, and Jake definitely. I think Jake's, you know, Jake's crying tonight, and we'll we'll get to Blake Griffin in a second, which is the biggest trade of so far the NBA season, but. One of the biggest transactions in recent sports happened last night, between la- in the last 48 hours. It's in a sport that Seth doesn't follow very much. It's much along the lines of if there was an MMA thing, I would have absolutely no clue that it happened. If there was a tennis thing, I might have a little clue that it happened. And when you said Blake on the, sh- on the preview, I was like, Jason Blake got arrested again? That doesn't happen. I mean, that would have been twice in like three years. But, no, it has nothing to do with that. An all-time NHL legend's career probably ended two nights ago. Well, probably ended before the All-Star break, but certainly the transaction happened two nights ago. And Yaramir Yager got released by the Calgary Flames pushed over via loan to his Czechoslovakian team. And what can you say? I mean, we don't get to – we have Tom Brady, a living legend in his own in his own right. But as far as hockey is concerned, we saw – in his own mind and in his own right. And we've seen Wayne Gretzky, although that's about 20 years ago. But figure of the last – 15 years, there's been nobody in any sport like Yaramir Yager. Pretty much someone who's just hanging on. Isn't he a much, much better version of the Julio Franco of the, of the NHL? Someone who just keeps playing, oh, playing, much playing, better playing version. and doesn't want to retire? Well, the difference is Yaramir oh. Yager goes down as the top 10 player probably of all time. Top 15. I don't think anyone's yeah. putting Julio Franco in that range. Um no. But, yeah, cut by Calgary, I believe he's 45. I could be wrong. But I think he's 44 or yes. 45 years old. After a brilliant career, primarily his prime with Pittsburgh, you know, jumped around a lot the last three or four years. And I know it's hard for Jake to believe, um, but it's uh, – you know, when, when you think of the best players of our generation – in the, po- the post-Lemieux, post- I mean, not even post-Lemieux, because he played with Lemieux. The post-Gretzky, I guess, post-Lemieux prime, 
what are the names that come to that come to, the army yager is right there you know kind of the in between yeah. the kind of the conduit between lemieux and crosby you know gretzky and ovechkin you know yager for that couple year span maybe with peter forsberg really the best player in the nhl one of the top players in the nhl and well beloved around the around the league and you know, it's if at a certain point you just time beats you, but he certainly has nothing to be ashamed of, and will go out as a first first ballot Hall of Famer and as a truly an all time great. Absolutely, and you can make the case even for the last couple of years that Lemieux and Gretzky were in the NHL. Yager was a better player. Yager was a much better player, and I'm, I'm saying the last couple of years, but. People say all the time that Mario Lemieux saved hockey in Pittsburgh. Well, Mario Lemieux financially saved hockey in Pittsburgh. No question. He owns the team now. But without Yaramir Yager, that team does not exist. There was, I I believe it was 91. I'm trying to remember the year that Lemieux had retired. No, it wasn't 91 because they 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 hadn't won their titles. They won their title in 92. No, it was 92, I believe. No, it was after. Okay, maybe it was 92. It was after their title rank. Okay, so let's say whenever it was, late 90s. Okay, you're right. Okay. 91, 92, they were winning titles. So late 90s, they're playing the Devils. The Devils are the one seed. Penguins are the eighth seed in the first round. And the devil, the Devils lose the first two games, and Yager gets hurt. He pulls his groin. The Devils win game three and game four, and we're back to game five. And what had happened was the Penguins were on the verge of bankruptcy. I mean, the verge. They, were, they couldn't meet payroll. If they didn't win that game, they were not meeting payroll the next week. They had said this. And Yager comes back and scores the last two goals of game five to put them in the second round of the playoffs. And you could easily say that without that game, even Yager said it last week, Sidney Crosby is probably playing for a Kansas City team right now because Mario Lemieux wouldn't have even had the chance to resurrect the team in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, Yager was a great player, but he was a defining player in the Pittsburgh area. And, look, we all love the – the flowing hair, the Ron Duguay-ish hair, and the fact that at 40 he was scoring 25 goals when only about 30 players in the NHL were scoring 25 goals. (laughs) But the fact is he was the top player in the NHL for probably a good five years. He certainly – and imagine, Seth, the thing is he scored, I think it's 684 goals, somewhere in there. He took off two years, if you recall. He went back to Russia for two years when he was, I think, 32 and 33. So that's probably another 50 goals, right? I mean, conservatively, so you're up to 700 goals. And that that is rarefied air. 700 goals is rarefied air in the NHL. But good luck in your retirement. You're going back to uh, the team that you own in Czechoslovakia. Obviously, a first, you're absolutely right, a first-round Hall of Famer first ballot Hall of Famer, and we'll see you in five years in uh, Toronto, where I'll be in a couple of weeks, but good, good on good on Yarmir, and uh, yeah, so the trade that came down last night, 
shocked me. <laughs> when they when they were saying this trade is being contemplated, I was like, all right, whatever, another Blake Griffin trade. And then yeah. I was like, okay, it's done. <laughs> okay, it's done. I'm like, it's done? Just a confusing deal. And not confusing in regards – look, confusing to me in, in regards that they just they just literally signed um, Greg Griffin to a five-year extension of $180 million, calling him the face of the franchise. And then they traded him four months later. I, I don't know if it just if it's just at this point they're just clearing room to try and get LeBron because I've got to assume with Griffin gone and the guys they brought in like Avery Bradley's nice and Tobias Harris is nice and the first round pick is fine. They didn't get a bad I guess collection because you never get a superstar for a superstar. It's just not how the, it's just not how this works. But why exactly did you sign him to an 180 million dollar contract if you were going to trade him four months later? Okay, and so your ta- your take is that the the Clippers got the bad end of the deal or the good end of the deal? Because I'm still trying to figure that one out. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. I think at the end of the day, probably they they probably got the better end. I just don't understand why they did it. I mean, it just okay. I think they're just clearing space to try and make the run in LeBron. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. And he didn't want to play with okay. Blake Griffin. I don't think either team oh. will win with this. Excuse oh, me? Uh, well, first of, all, first of all, he never would have had the chance to play with Blake Griffin because they wouldn't have had enough cap room. So that's, that's number right. one. That, there, was, there was no – even with DeAndre Jordan coming off the cap reportedly this year, there would have been not enough cap room for LeBron to make it into the Clippers. Right now, they actually have that possibility. So why did they make the trade? Well, is your question why did they make the trade, or I guess is your question why did they re-sign him? Because they're two different questions, right? Yes, they're two, two very different questions. Did they okay. re-sign him with the, so, thought process that, the thought process that they were going to trade him? No. They, no, no, no. I don't I mean, think – That doesn't make I sense. think what's – no, I think what the Clippers were trying to do was a safe face after Chris Paul pretty much demanded a trade, and they needed to sell tickets. And number two, they thought that they could reload on the fly, which is a very difficult task in the yeah. NBA. So they they signed Tetrovic, uh, the point guard from uh, from Uga, I think yeah. it's Croatia. Croatia. So they re-signed. So they signed him. They signed Dino Ga- Dono, Dinario Gallinari, my Gallinari. old uh, New York Gallinari. Nick first round ra- Gallinari, my 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 old New York Nick first round pick, who has been moved to Denver and now on to L.A. Uh, they made the trade of Chris Paul, and they got back Patrick Beverly and a couple of other players, and they still had DeAndre Jordan. So if you look at the team, they're a pretty solid team. They're probably seven or six in the, in the West, maybe, maybe six, seven, eight, right? So they're playing for six, seven, eight. And they're, and, and they're hoping maybe they get a first round pick and they, they have some, some youth movement coming. 
Oh, and they also had Lou Williams. I'm sorry, they also had a, right, uh, the who's been, Lou who's been who's been sensational this year. Phenomenal for them. Phenomenal. Okay, so they re-sign Blake Blake Griffin with the hopes that they get six, seven, or eight, and they're good to go. All right. So what happens? Well, the house of cards all falls apart. Beverly gets hurt. Gallinari gets Gallinari gets hurt. Griffin gets hurt. Petrovich gets hurt. They all get hurt. But here's the strange thing. The team is playing just as good as when they were healthy. They're yeah. still only three games out of the eighth spot. So, all right. So, and DeAndre Jordan is a free agent after this year. Lou Williams is a free agent after this year. And from what the reports are, DeAndre Jordan is not close to re-signing with the Clippers at all. So, if you keep Blake Griffin with this ridiculous salary that they signed him to, which is $34 million year annually, average, yep. for the next four years, and he only plays 60 games a year because that's what he's averaged, and the fact that you're playing just as well with him, uh, just as well without him as you were with him, why would you not make this trade? That's my you like point. to trade you so you like to trade for the Clippers. I love the trade for the Clippers. I would have loved the trade for the Clippers even if they didn't get the first round pick. The first round pick was like look look, normally we make fun of the Clippers for making absolutely stupid trades and throwing first round picks around like they're garbage. Here's a first round pick for you and here's a first round pick for you. I want to get I want to get Bill Walton, so uh, Bill Walton with one leg. Bill Walton. So I'll give you three first-round picks, right? I mean, that's what the Clippers have always done. And when they do have a first-round pick, they pick Mike Olawa Candy. So I mean, that's the clip joint. This is probably the best trade they've made since Elton Brand. This is fantastic. They have cleared the decks. So let's assume they yep. do not re-sign DeAndre Jordan because right now you're looking at that. That's 23 out the door. They don't re-sign um, Lou Williams. They, pro- they probably will trade both of them, but let's say they, they don't. That's $8 million right. out the door. Tobias Harris, so as of now, going into next season, they have max money. Not to say that they can get LeBron, but they do have the ability to at least get in the room with LeBron because LeBron's not taking anything less than max money. Let's assume they don't get max money. They don't get LeBron. Okay, that's all right. Because next year, when the cap goes up even a little bit, Tobias Harris comes off. Oh, by the way, Avery Bradley also comes off this year. They're going to have a ton of cap room, and, oh, my God, they have two first-round picks this year. There this is, is one phenomenal for the Clippers. I except love next, this trade for the Clippers. Except now you also have the problem that no agent wants to deal with you. Oh, I, I call BS. You know, I call BS. I don't know. I say it's. Well, here's – okay, there's two things here. Number one, if you're over 10 years in the NBA, you can demand a no-trade clause. I think Blake should have done that. 
Was Griffin did was Griffin ten years in the league at this point? Was this his tenth year? I think he's. Ten, I think I, I think, think this would nine. have been in his tenth year. No, but I think this contract would have allowed him to do that. So he could. I know he could have had a no trade clause, and he decided not yes. to have. Let's leave it at that. Okay, number two. So you think that if one team is asking, uh, sorry, offering you twenty million, and the Clips are offering you twenty-eight million, they're not going to sign with the Clippers because they traded Blake. No, Griffin? no, 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 no. Look, I'm not. I'm not an idiot. If you're talking an eight to ten million dollar <laughs> year difference, of course. If you're talking no, a you're million an dollar difference, yeah, well. I'm something. If you're talking a million to two million difference, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're also going to a team, yes, that has a lot of room. That has all, you may trade Austin Rivers. I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't. I, again, I, I agreed with the move. I just thought it was I, – I'm just stunned that they did it. Okay. And now I look at Detroit, and I see this weird combination of players – and it strikes me that this is Van Gundy almost pulling a Billy King. Not in regard to the amount of draft picks mm. he gave up. No, no, no. Not in regards to the draft picks he gave up. But this is going to allow Van Gundy to keep the job because this team is probably going to end up as the sixth seed for the next couple of years. This is going to keep that team in the bottom half of the playoffs. And where it's hard to fire, it's hard to get fired but you're never going to move up because they have absolutely no cap room. That's true. So I, well, so I mean, you have, Seth, this is, you know, you have what, the, sorry, what they did was basically take what they had in LA and put it in Detroit, except they don't have Chris Paul. Yeah. And then because they're in a weaker conference, it'll still between Griffin and Drummond that should get you the seven seed or the six seed. But, like, I go down the list of – I look at the Eastern Conference. And let's take mm-hmm. a look at the teams quickly. They're not better than Cleveland. They're nope. not better than Boston. They're not better than Toronto. Nope. I nope. wouldn't take them – they may be better for this year over Philly, but I wouldn't take them going forward okay. over Philly. They wouldn't – they're not better than Milwaukee, and they're not probably nope. not better than Washington. So nope. what are you looking at here? A six seed, a seven well, seed. You know, maybe I'm forgetting a team. I, I maybe I don't know, but you're looking kind of at you're looking at constant mediocrity, consistent mediocrity, well, and that's as well, good I'll as the team can really do. Well, I'll give you two things here. Number one, they are better than the Wizards this year because John Wall may not be playing for the rest of the regular Fair. season. Okay. Next year, you don't know what Cleveland's doing, right? They could conceivably be better than Cleveland next year. They are exactly what the they are exactly what the Clippers were, with a mid-level exception to go get a shooter. If they got a Joe Harris, the the Brooklyn Nets guy, right, the guy that can actually shoot the three, if they got him. And Luke Kennard becomes the Luke Kennard that we thought was coming out with the 10th pick. They have a really good team. With no depth and no point guard. Well, Reggie Jackson is not, Reggie Jackson doesn't pass the ball. He's not a point guard. Okay. E.J. Smith okay. is a I decent backup. I, I accept that, but here's the point. 
you have two of the better passing big men in the in the NBA. That is You're true. Probably that the is true. Two, you have the two best passing big men in the NBA. Well, maybe maybe Marcus Saul's up there too. So probably two out of the best three. But so what is the cap? Really, where, where do you see the ceiling of this team for the next couple of years? Assuming no major moves are made, and assuming even Kennard becomes what we thought he would be coming out. I mean, look, he's he's a first year okay. guy, a second year guy. Like I'll give him. Yep. You know, I I, I I'm patient on that. So where is your cap on this <laughs> conference semi? I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think in the right year, they can make the conference finals. Assuming LeBron I think is they gone. Lose. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, assuming, LeBron well, they is don't gone. Have a assuming... first, they don't have a first-round pick this year. They just traded that. And that's right. the thing that I didn't understand. I really didn't get it. Now, I'm not sure the Clippers would have done it without the first-round pick. Just basically because then you'd be trading it for cap room. But if I was the Clippers, I still would have done it for cap room because I think the but the, it's, a, it's it's a tougher call the, on that because he is the franchise agreed. at this point. Agreed. So so you don't have a first round pick. You will have a cap exemption, which is about seven million, I believe, to use on a shooter whoever that may be, Joe Harris or somebody of that ilk, maybe even Lou Williams, although Lou Williams isn't a shooter. He's more of a, I don't know, Reggie Jackson guy. He's just a, sl- he's a um, slasher. He's a scorer. Yeah, he's, a, he's Reggie Jackson, except two inches taller and 10 years older. <laughs> so, But the fact is, I think that they could be conference finals. If everything falls right, they could play into the conference finals. Look, they are now the equivalent of what the Pelicans were before the DeMarcus Cousins injury. No. They are See, that I, team. But I disagree. To me, Cousins, okay. is a step above, Cousins is a step above Drummond. Davis is a step and a half above, above – ooh, you okay, Jake? Above um, Griffin. They have a point guard, albeit someone who gets injured, but Holiday is a good player. I, the Pelicans, if the Pelicans were in the East, I would find them a legitimate threat. They're just in the West, and they have no chance. And their bench probably isn't good enough. But they're a 45-50 to 50 win team in the East, in the, you know, when healthy. They're just – in the West, they just have there's, – there's just no room. So I, I – Right, but I think – Wait, they're, wait they're, they're you just said they're – Down Detroit. You just told me that they're a 45-50 to 50 win team in the East. That's what I think Detroit is. I don't even know if Detroit is that. Then maybe then maybe I'm then maybe I'd say they're a fifty to fifty five. That seems high to me. I I thought I think New Orleans is a significant step up from Detroit. Detroit is a ton, okay. is a is a much is a lesser version and I get where you're going with this, but look at the players. Would you rather have Drummond or Cousins? I get Considering it. how Drummond well, right now, right, right now, I'd well, rather have right Drummond. Now, He's got two legs. Yeah, cause, cause, yeah, because Cousins is out for the season. Would you rather have Davis? He's got two or Achilles. No, no, I get Davis you. or Griffin. But yeah. they're, wait, but they're different types of players too. No, they are. But Griffin, I mean, except for passing, I don't know a thing that Griffin does better than Davis. I don't think. Oh, I think he's a better spot up shooter. I don't a better three. 
No, not a three. Work. How long are you going to uh, wait? Davis is in his fifth year in the NBA. How much are you going to say he's still working? Fair enough. Would you rather have Davis as a scorer, or would you rather have Davis as a scorer or Griffin as a scorer? If I knew Blake because Griffin if, was healthy, as 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 an offensive player, I'd rather have Griffin. As a defensive player, I'd rather have Davis. If I knew Blake was healthy, but so you don't know that. You, that's, that's, you don't you don't see, you don't see as big of a difference as I do. I don't. I don't. Okay, that's fair. I don't. So, but the but that's a good comparison. The two, even if it's a little off, it's probably the the same dynamic. And if you look at the Pelicans, let's look at the Pelicans with Demarcus Cousins. Even if he was there, they're basically stagnant too, aren't they? They're going to go where they well, go. They're not going to get any better. They have Solomon Hill. I mean, they they have guys that are coming back from injuries, but at the same time. They're pretty much what they are. There's no room for improvement there either, other than a draft pick. The one thing that Detroit gave up. Yeah, uh, New Orleans picks have not particularly panned out. You have Holiday, who has trouble staying. All, see, the difference, as you said, guys in New Orleans, all of them have had injury issues. Holiday, yeah. which is why the contract he signed stunned me so much. Not that he's not a good player. He's a very nice player, but... I don't know how you give him. I think he gave, he got five twenty five and one twenty. I don't know how you give him that considering yeah. his his, his, well, uh, his health issues. Because even at his best, why you get great? Because oh, yeah, I get it. Right, but it's very simple why you give it to him for the same reason that Mike Conley got is the highest paid player in the NBA. Because if you let him go under the cap, you don't have room to go get a replacement. So. He basically holds all the leverage, 100%. So if Drew Holiday had said, bye-bye, I'm gone, I'm going somewhere else, the Pelicans would have had to fill that with a $5 million player. Who's going to fill that with a $5 million player? You're going to get him for Ish Smith. That's the $5 million player. So the reason he gets it is because – for the same reason that certain baseball players got huge contracts and certain basketball players, Mike Conley gets five years and $150 million, right place, right time. I mean, that's the reason. So we had one other trade today, but it wasn't a, it was a trade that should have been done, but wasn't done. And that was Nikola Mitrovic, which would have been a great replacement for DeMarcus Cousins, a different type of player, but certainly a good replacement if you're looking for one. Uh, he would have gone from the from – the, I almost said the Cubs. <laughs> would have gone from the Bulls. Would have gone from the Bulls to the said Pelicans for a first-round pick in Omar Asik. And all I could read on the bulletin boards was every single uh, – I almost said the Bears this time. Wow. Every single, yeah, every single. I, I was gonna say how and how and how are the Blackhawks doing right now? <laughs> I'm so allergic to the to the Bulls. It's unbelievable. Uh, every single board for the Bulls saying, "Please, we almost we had this guy once. We didn't want him again. Yeah. We traded him for a reason. Please don't let him <laughs> come back." 
But he would have come back with a first-round pick. And that's the thing that I don't understand. I, I get that this is the Billy King syndrome to me, Seth. You have DeMarcus Cousins that's hurt, that's hurt, and he's not coming back. And you may have to resign him, and you may not. But you're in the same situation as the Drew Holiday with, with DeMarcus Cousins. You really don't have enough bang for your buck. So well, the diff- the difference gonna... I see though yeah. is Demarcus Drew Holiday at his best is what a top ten point guard at his best. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I know where you're going with this. I mean, Cousins is a top is the best center in the league when the big healthy. When health, well, again, he's until this he's been primarily healthy. So agreed. It's it's you know it's easier for me to swallow taking the shot on this than it is on holiday. Do I understand it? Yeah, I mean it's just the way the NBA economics works, which is why you should be a capologist somewhere, and you should be getting me free tickets. But <laughs> you know, it is it is frustrating to say the least. Um, so, so you I mean so you, hold on so, so this is what I'm saying. So they're trading. For Mitrovic, who's on a one-year deal plus an option, and they don't want to pick up the option, and they're willing to give up Omar Asik and a first-round pick. This is Dell Demps doing his best Billy King. I need to make the playoffs to save my job. But the only way, let's assume that the Pelicans re-sign DeMarcus Cousins, which I believe that they will, right? I mean, there's no other way around it. I think that they, they will. The only way that that team is getting better is with a first-round pick. I just don't. I, you, I just don't get the trading of these picks. Are you really compare? I I have a little bit of difficulty making a comparison of the Billy King of Billy King to Dell Demps. You lose a top no, ten player in the you lose a top ten player yeah. in the league. You have your built-in yep. excuse whether you make the playoffs or not, you know, right. You know, but that's my point. Don't give it, don't give it away now. Don't give it away. The farm, you have your built in excuse. Don't give away the farm. Don't, don't, right, but you don't just try compared, and save your you job just, for one year. You just compared him to Billy King. Now, right. I mean, for those of you who are, for those of you who are not sure why, why, Billy King has been referenced many times over the years on our show. And it's simply put, he made the most, one of the silliest, stupidest trades of all time. You when say he for Kevin Garnett. It's okay. When he traded for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, both seven years past their prime, and traded four first-round picks, five first-round picks, whatever it's been where they have decimated the Brooklyn franchise for the last six years. Neither player played more than a year with Brooklyn. Plus he traded for Joe Johnson and traded picks as well. So you know, Joe had a little bit of a longer career with New Jersey at that point. Now, now Brooklyn and look what Kenny Atkinson and Sean Marks have done has been nothing short of sensational, but the team is still 18 and 35. So it's, you know, that's what, it, the reason that these trades are made is even if it made no sense, it appears that they're trying to make trade. This was going to keep them in the playoff run. 
It wasn't going to get them over yep. Cleveland or, or, I guess, over Miami, I should say, at that point. It wasn't going to make them over Chicago if Derrick Rose was healthy. It was going to make them a third, a four, at best, a fourth or fifth best team in a weaker conference, but which would be enough to, for Billy King to keep his job. And it was. And he kept it a lot longer than he probably should have. And seven, yeah. I guess five, six years later, uh, the Nets are still paying for it. Okay, so two points to that. Number one, don't forget Jason Terry. He was a very important part of that trade. And number two, that was sarcasm, everybody. And number yeah. two, when I referenced Billy King, I'm saying they are trying to be mediocre by getting Mitrovich for a year when they're not planning on re-signing him next year because they'll be over the luxury tax, and they're giving up a first-round pick. It's still the same point. You're trying to save your job. And you're giving up picks. I'm not saying you're giving up five. Actually, it was three with a swap of two, but that's irrelevant. But the fact is, you're giving up picks. NBA first-round picks, to me, are the same as NFL first-round picks. You don't give them up. That's where you make your money. That's where you. That's where the young players come. And, and I get that if you're not in the top 15 – it's like a lottery. It's like a lottery game, but if you are in the top fifteen, and if you're the Pelicans, and you run, if you don't make the playoffs this year, then you're in the top fifteen. You have a a, a good chance of getting somebody that's going to be a quality player on a rookie contract for the next four years. And I think yeah. that's. I, I think I think those are lottery picks that are given up way too easily. I do love oh. Daryl Morey from the Rockets who likes to put every single protection humanly possible. And the protections on these picks are like six pages long. Those are fun to read and impossible to figure out. It's kind of like, where's Waldo? Well, I think, you know, that's why Daryl Morey, we don't have to, doesn't really have to worry too much for a lot of reasons. But I guess, as I said, the, the thing that confuses me was I didn't think once cousins was out, because I don't think anyone disagreed with the cousins trade from last year. No. Once, once Cousins was out, Dell Demps has his excuse for the year. Agreed. So that's why it seems the Billy King, it was a desperation to keep his job because he had no coverage on that. Demps does. Cousins hurts himself right. 10 seconds left in a game. So it seems, it seems yep. silly to me that, that he would do this to, for protection purposes. Well, okay. So anyway, we, we've covered the NBA – Next week, we will have our NBA, I guess, trade deadline show, along with our Olympic preview. We haven't, even, we haven't even touched on the Olympics, and they start next week. And part of that is obviously because the NHL is not part of it. Yeah. It doesn't promote much interest to me. Although, you know, you could very, simp- you could very easily have a miracle on ice number two because – for all intents and purposes, you have professionals on the Russian team, and you have minor leaguers on the American team. Yeah, it could happen. But there yeah, is an important I, game. Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. I, no, continue, please. There is a kind of important game going on this Sunday <laughs> that we might want to talk about. Um is Maryland uh, playing Syracuse? I, no, that's happening 
in in a couple of months. Um, maybe in the first round, of the maybe in the first four of first the round NCAA of the NIT tournament, or the first ball. four, yeah, <laughs> first four. But yeah, there's there's a team from Philly that seems to have a backup quarterback that kind of did wondrous things against Minnesota, and then there's this I don't know guy that's whose daughter is being trashed on TV for on radio for some reason. And he's up in Boston, and he's a hero in his own mind, and everybody else is that's a Boston fan. If you look, first of all, if you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846. I have been checking the computer, and nobody has called in. We haven't left you on hold for five minutes this week. 760-283-0846. Super Bowl starts at 618 this week. And before we go any further, Seth, who do you think wins? New England. And do you th- think that they win by a lot? <laughs> no, I mean, look, I think Philly's defense is very, very good. I I think New England will slow the, the game down with the running game of, of Blunt and Ajay. Um, but, again, this was a Philly team. I didn't have a great deal of confidence in beating Atlanta. I didn't pick – now, all credit to them, I didn't pick them to beat Minnesota. Their game plan was brilliant. Um, New England finds ways to win these games. And I, I think it'll be – I don't think – I think this is one of the weaker New England teams we've seen in the last 10 years. I think it'll be close. I personally hope for a tie. And, and I have not read one article about this. I have not watched one – I have a not tie. watched one moment of it. A tie. Um, I, I have caught grief on Facebook because I'm saying I'm pulling for New England because under no circumstances can I pull for the Eagles. You know, such is life. But I, I like New England in a pretty close game, something along the lines of 26-20-21, um, You know, they've won six, five Super Bowls, not one of them by more than six points. As a team, this is, I don't think this is a strong a – strong, I don't think either team is particularly strong. Um, but obviously, you know, obviously uh, – yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of hard to bet against New England in the Super Bowl unless you're playing against a team from East Rutherford. So I'm trying to figure out first how you got 26 points. Two touchdowns, so four two field goals. Two touchdowns and four field goals. Okay. I don't remember the last time there was a Super Bowl with two touchdowns and four field goals. but And six is generally one of those numbers that doesn't come up on the pools. On, on the boxes. So 16, that's, it's 16, one of those numbers 16, you, you, you don't want six. Is that you a don't reasonable want, of a number? You don't no, want, you do you want six, want six you want and you don't want five. The, you don't want five. I completely agree on five. But six, you get two field goals. I don't think that's a bad, that's a bad one. True. I guess once you get past six. Once you get past the, you don't, I, I'm going to go back and see how many how many – Super Bowls had the number six. I'm kind of interested in this one. Hold on. How many do you think had the number six at any point? At any point, I have no like, clue. I mean, no, no, no. As, as like a win, as a winning, as okay. a winning Going combination. The, okay, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I'm not. I am not in front of a computer because I'm watching Little Man right now. The Jets scored 16 in, six, in Super Bowl three. The the Colts scored 16 in Super Bowl five. 
a lot. Okay, sixteen six. I think was a Pittsburgh Minnesota Super Bowl. Um, am I? I think I'm right so far. Correct. Yep. So that's four. Um, no, it's third. That's three. No, the Jets, the Jets, the Colts, and Jets, then Pittsburgh Colts. and Minnesota. So there's there's four teams. All right, that's four. Yep, four, four. Okay, I'm going through this in my I just head here. Did, I just 20, counted I think, them all. So okay, I think the 49ers had 26 in, in the Super Bowl where they beat the Bengals. Well 26, done. 21. Um, well done. Okay, let me keep going here. I believe the Dolphins scored 16 when they played the Niners in 84. They did. Marino Super Bowl. They did. 80. Okay. Yep. Did did the Bears score 46? Was it 46-10? They did. They did. Okay. Let's see here. Redskins, no. Um, Giants, no. Oh, uh, what do you call it? The Bengals, 2016, they lost. So that's six. They lost the in Bengals. Bowl, whatever, when Montana, Montana to Taylor. Was twenty yep, to sixteen. Yep, I'm, yep. I'm sure of that one. Correct. Correct. Okay. You got one more. I got thirty Super Bowls to go. Um, can you give me? I know one? that's okay. what I said. You got one more. It wasn't. I don't think it was Green Bay. I know. I think they scored thirty-five, not thirty-six. Um. Green Bay shoot. scored thirty-five. You're right. Which is one of the okay. fives. Yeah, it's the only five you're going to get. Was it? Nope. There's one more. I said, was it? No, I didn't say it. Was it Carolina when they lost to New England? No, so the only other six. No, the only other six was San Francisco 49, San Diego 26. Okay, I wouldn't have gotten that. And the other five. And the other five. And humbling, too. And the only other five was 55 to 10, which is San Francisco over Denver. So there have been two fives, actually three, because in the first, Super Bowl one, Green Bay 35, Kansas City 10. So there have been three fives. Well, what was Super Bowl two? Oh, here we go, four. Sorry. Yeah, four. Pittsburgh 35, Dallas 31. So there have been yep. five fives. Five fives. So five, I think, is the – Hardest number to get is nine. One, wait, nine, two. No, I would assume nine would three, be three, four, wait, four, five, six. We have a 19. Six. 19's four field goals. Oh, a touchdown. A touchdown. That's so awesome. nine, has, nine, has, nine has only six. So nine's I'm not exactly a lucrative number either because. Once you get over not once you get over the singular digit of nine, it's not exactly yeah, easy you, until you get to forty nine. <laughs> so anyway, I thought nine would be worse. I thought two would be worse. Two to me would be an awful number. I haven't looked at twos. Hold on, let me go through twos. This is a fun game. Hold on, so let me go to twos. So twos. You're right. So far, I haven't seen one. By the way, we do not. Oh, uh, there's one. Forty-two to ten. Forty-two to ten. Washington. Washington Redskins. Denver. Denver Broncos. That's the Doug Williams game. Yeah. Are any other twos? That is the only two. Out of every single Super Bowl, that is the only two, my friend. Oh no! Yeah, one more. That was thirty-two fourteen. 
32-14, Oakland over Minnesota. And 42-10 and 32-14. Those are the only two. Okay, yeah, those are pretty – those are pretty lousy. uh, Yeah, I agree. Now, if you'd like to know – now, Seth, Seth and I have partaken in an interesting uh, pool this year in which you get a point – Based on every single minute, you get you get money based on every single minute. So zero zero will continually win until somebody scores. So by the way, we did not get zero zero. So have we gotten our boxes. We yet? have. What's that? Have we gotten our boxes yet? We have. So we have Eagles four, Patriots zero. I like that. Not, that's that's not a bad. good box. That's not bad. Hold on. We got three boxes. We have eight for the Patriots and zero for the Eagles. 28 to 10 sounds good. Even 28 to 20 sounds good. I think that sounds, I think so 20 our, 20 sounds a bit better. So that's our second one. And I got to find our third one to here. That's our first. We got our second. We have four for the Patriots and three for the Eagles. Not bad. All those boxes are doable. That's pretty good. Yes. 24-13 sounds good, too. Even 24-23 can happen. Yeah. Well, earlier in the game, game, 14-3, 14-3. Yeah. You can just see the Patriots down by one point. Uh, down by sorry, down by down by six at twenty three to twenty three to sixteen. Uh, twenty three seventeen. Twenty three seventeen and going for it and winning with the last two minutes on a touchdown. I can definitely <laughs> see that. So So okay. As you as you can tell for those of you who are listening, since neither of us can stand either of these teams or either of these sports sounds, we're not really that excited about the game. We're just more excited about the prop no. So who exactly are you picking to win? Dilly dilly. Bud Light wins all the time. Fair enough. Dilly dilly. Oh, dilly Kevin dilly. Towers dives. Huh. Who? Yes, Kevin, Kevin Towers. Towers. Yes, I was going to go through. I was going to go through that in our in our last five. Thanks for taking that. So. Sorry, man. <laughs> anyway. anyway. But the fact is, if if I was going to pick a winner, all right. So in my heart, I'm hoping to God that Philly wins because everybody on this show, including Seth, knows that I cannot stand the Patriots at all. Cannot. I I almost cried last year when they lost, and I did when they won, and I did cry when the Giants beat them. <laughs> I was in the same bar as Seth. The two of us are crying, and we're crying for entirely different reasons. I thought I was just making so, that with Sherry Burmelstein. No, that was after, dude. That was after oh. you were hammered. <laughs> and rightfully hammered. And rightfully hammered, but you were definitely hammered. So, um, again, if you'd like to call in, we got 13 minutes left, 760-283-0846. 760 who do you think is going to win the game? So, I think <laughs> – all right, so I want to pick one of our boxes as a score, just so I can say I was right and won money. So hold on, 
So let me find out our box scores, and I will tell you the winner. So the winner is Patriots 24. Nope, that can't work. Patriots 20, Eagles 14. Perfect. Sounds good to me. And and hopefully that lasts the whole fourth quarter because then we'll get like $400. Um, It's a pretty cool scenario. I just wish we had zero and zero because they're making money right off the bat. That is true. So with that, that's a good thing. There's two things I want to I want to jump on quickly before our five minute finale. Um, yes. Number one, we didn't talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame. Thank because God. it wasn't. Thank God. Yeah. Well, I wasn't very happy with it. Well, I'm assuming I mean, you were unhappy. Trevor Hoffman made it. Absolutely unhappy that Trevor Hoffman. I was unhappy that Hoffman made it. I was, you know, after doing a lot of research back and forth, Juan Guerrero was a very good player. I, I have a, look, I have a problem with player that, with voters in general, that don't vote day one and do vote day two or do vote year two, where they say, oh, you know what? We messed it up. We thought he was going to get in. So now we're going to supersize the vote. So, like, Vlad Guerrero got 92% of the vote. Vlad Guerrero is not one of the top 10 players of all time. No. And that vote just. Right. And that vote totally shocks me. You know, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I. Go ahead. Yep. Now, but do you see him as a Hall of Famer? I do, and I said that at the time, but I also see that Larry Walker had a very similar career. And you know I'm hating the fact, and I know this took place weeks and weeks and weeks before, that Jack Morris is still in the Hall of Fame, right? That boggles my mind. Because now players are – and what boggles my mind more is the fact that, okay, if Jack Morris is in the Hall of Fame, which I know, Seth, this goes to your Hall of Good – as opposed to Hall of Great. And if Jack Morris is in, it's more of a Hall of Very Good than it ever will be a Hall of Fame again, to me. Because now you're going to compare guys to Jack Morris. And if you're comparing guys to Jack Morris, both Kurt Schilling and Mike Messina should be in the Hall of Fame. They're both better pitchers. I agree. I'm assuming you had no issue with Chipper. I can't imagine. I had no, I mean, he was no, the only one I didn't have an issue with. I do have an issue with Jim Tomey. I think Jim Tomey is a completely – yeah, he's a completely overrated player. It didn't so, make a heck of a lot of sense to me, kind of when I look back at, 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 at Tomey. And, and I realize a lot of what Tomey is Tomey's one of the most beloved players in the history of baseball as just an individual. Right. And he has 600 yep. home runs. And that's it. Great. That, yep. that is so. He is a hundred home runs more. He's a hundred and twenty home runs more than D- being Dave Kingman. Is kind of the gist of it. Well, um, almost two hundred. Dave Kingman started with I think at four thirty two. No, so Kingman had I like four ninety. Look at I think Kingman had four ninety four. I think Kingman was mm. just short of five hundred. Mm. Okay, we're, we're going to look this one up. But the fact is, Tommy 
you're right in that he is one of the most beloved people in the game. And that, to me, doesn't make you a Hall of Famer. Hold on. King Man. Let's see here. He had 442 home runs. So I said 342, and you said 497. So... We're both based off. Based on the based so on the price, a, the price is right, you win. So, yay! But neither one win. of us wins the showdown. <laughs> yeah, you over. That is true. But the fact is, you're right. He's just, you know, his batting average, I believe, was in the 270s, 280 range, while Kingman's was in the 230s. He definitely yeah, he was a better player. He was Kingman. a better player. He was a better player than Dave Kingman. He was, for all intents, yes. the only reason he was considered was because of his home run prowess. Which he was a very. I will runner. tell you. I will tell you, Seth. The guy that I compare him most with is the most overrated player in baseball history, to me. Reggie Jackson. You know who I'm talking about? Reggie Jackson. Absolutely, he is Reggie Jackson. That's all he is. That's all he is. He's Reggie Jackson, and Reggie played on like five teams, and. Jim Tomey played on five teams. And the irony is, Jim Tomey was elected after winning an award twice in which the guy that, won, that whose name is on the award wasn't elected. Don't you find that I, a little ironic? You kind of lost me on that one. Okay, so Jim Tomey won the DH of the Year Award twice. Who's the DH of the Year Award named after? Is it? I, I'm asking because I really don't know. Is it Edgar Martinez? Yes, it's Edgar Martinez, <laughs> who didn't get into the Hall of Fame. I just find the irony amazingly, amazing. Yeah, amazing. I mean, when I think when I think of Tommy as good a play, like he was a solid good player, but would yep. you take as a, as a as a player? And I'm not comparing it, comparing him. You know, I'm not doing a straight comparison. Would you rather have Jim Tommy or a Scott Rowland? I mean, like, Scott Rowland, hundred times out of a hundred, better defensive Scott player, Rowland, phenomenal defensive player, good offensive player, not a Hall of Famer in my book, although I know he is in other people's. But you know, I don't look at this. I don't look at this. You know, Trevor Hoffman, very good pitcher. Would I? You know, but longevity does not always mean greatness. And yep. you know, we've t- I've talked about this a little bit with Ripken. But not not to the same degree because Ripken, I have no issue with it being a Hall of Famer. I don't see him as one of the true all time great, you know, top 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 of the pantheon that other people do. But you know, he would he was there primarily because of the streak. You know, Hoffman was just well, around forever. Well, the two things about two things about Ripken. Well, really, it's one thing. Ripken won two MVPs. Yeah, so, he did. So, to be fair, getting two MVPs is kind of like winning two Super Bowls. Very hard to keep you out if you win two MVPs. In fact, I'm not even sure, other than Barry Bonds, whether there is a two MVP guy that's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so, is Hal, New- is Hal Newhouse in the Hall of Fame? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and that was the only guy I was thinking of, actually. <laughs> you read my mind. That was the only other guy. 
Okay, so we have five minutes left. Seth, would you like to go first? If you want, I'll go first. I don't care. Up to you. Why don't you go first? I think mine's a little bit bigger than yours is this time. So. Okay, so last week we talked all about what happened in Michigan, what happened that these extraordinary 150 to 165 women came forth, spilled their guts as to what had happened over a 20-year period the brave, heroic women that were able to steadfastly confront their accuser and tell him to basically go to hell. Well, that guy got 175 years in jail, which basically means he'll never see the light of day. And Judge Aquila, who, you know what? I don't really like judges that take sides. I never have. They're supposed to be impartial. In this one, yeah, I didn't mind it so much. Her statement, I am signing your death sentence. Well done, ladies. Well done. Seth, you're up. Well, uh, in w- Sean is known for, I guess, a little while. And this is more on a personal front for, for those of you who I don't talk to you on a constant Yay! basis. Yep. Apparently, Seth never has to have sex again because he's going to be a dad. <laughs> he is going to be dad, a dad yet again. Um, wifey is pregnant with uh, with little with number two. We are we are done. <laughs> um, we're be having, thank God, <laughs> we are going to be having a baby girl in um, August. So every my wife is ecstatic because she's having a girl that she can dress up. And she thinks is not going to be a sports fan yet. Good luck on that. Uh, my parents are that. thrilled. Yeah, my parents are thrilled because after two grandsons, they're going to have a granddaughter. Um, Jake has no freaking clue, but that's okay. Um, he's just chewing his book right now, and we just play catch all the time during the show, which is why he doesn't really cry anymore during it because he's one and a half and he's kind of awesome. High five, little man. He's watching. He's watching uh, North Carolina losing to Clemson. Um, he's watching TV. Happy. Yep. Yes. He, at a certain points, we watch. We play catch, and then we watch TV, and then we read books. So this is my life now. I compare myself to Homer Simpson. The I look. I know what I look like. I actually have a picture on my desk. Oh, I just saw that John Wall. I didn't see about John Wall having surgery. So I was wondering where that out for the year thing was coming from. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I, I have a picture of me on my honeymoon two and a half years ago. Tan, looked great, about 200 pounds. I'm now kind of in the, you know, Homer looked great. And then he had Bart, and he lost a lot of his hair. He gained a little bit of a gut. Now I've lost a little bit of my hair, and I'm now around 215, 220. And after Lisa, he became in Maggie, and now we will not have a Maggie under any circumstance. If, if Carly has another one, <laughs> it's not going to be mine. So say um, goodbye, you know, Seth. I, I, <laughs> say goodbye. Yeah, she can do better. She can do better. Um, but you know, joking aside, we're all really thrilled, and even my business partner is ecstatic because it's not during tax season. So for those of you who've known and who've offered me good wish, you know, my congr- offered me congratulations. I it's much appreciated. Um, we are excited. It's just a little tired, and um, you know, we'll see how this plays out. Seth, you're done. Seth, say I'm goodbye. Done. I, all right. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody.